Hello, it's Pete Price, and welcome to my podcast. If I sound slightly strange, uh, I've been in a dental chair and I've had some dental treatment, and I'm so thrilled that I'm here. I'm at the Dental Cafe, and I'm with Claire. Claire, sorry, what's your second name? Robinson. Claire Robinson. She's got the Dental Cafe in Garston, and she's also got the Dental Cafe in town in Liverpool by Boodle and Dunthorns. I actually said to her, let's do this interview before, and now I know why, but I honestly feel very strange, but very happy. What I loved about Claire was I met her and I loved her passion over dentistry. Now, the the most important thing that people don't realise is how serious dental health, dental checks must be carried out. Because I think, and we'll ask Claire, that the dental problems in this country are enormous. Am I right or wrong? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We have a, a massive issue with uh, with disease, dental disease in, in you know, parts of the country, uh, but predominantly um, where we are, in, in where I am in Garston, Liverpool, we have a major issue with, uh, with dental decay and disease. And, um, you know, we're always looking for ways to sort of interact and, and try and, you know, increase um, awareness to help patients look after their teeth at home predominantly and then obviously access the services and and get the care that they need. Claire, we've got to start with children, haven't we? Because this is, over the years, working on radio, doing my late-night phone-in, I had so many horror stories. Parents are killing their kids, in a way, with sugar. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It all comes down to education, and, and, you know, parents often, you know, it's that same old saying, killing with kindness, they... They, they they often aren't aware of of the uh, hidden sugars in foods and you know they they think that they're being very good and very kind to their, their children sometimes by you know giving them little raisin snacks and, and thinking oh this is a nice little healthy box of raisins but not realizing actually that they're high in sugar and it takes a while to eat raisins and it might take a little one you know a good hour to get through a box of raisins and those little raisins are really sticky and they're stuck in all the, the teeth and they end up with little cavities and and then when they come to see us, they, they sort of can't believe that they've got issues because they haven't been, in their mind, giving them sugar. But it is just, you know, it, is, it, is some, it can be something as simple as, um, you know, altering a few different little things just to sort of make, you know, make those changes so that children, they don't end up with, with cavities and they have nice, healthy, healthy teeth when they get into adulthood. Are you shocked at the children and how young they are that come and see you? Yeah, it's, you know... I'm not shocked anymore because it is so commonplace. Um, but you know, we sort of um, expect children to come in with cavities, and uh, if we see children that haven't got any issues, then we're we're mightily impressed. And obviously, we we do our best then to work with children who do have cavities to try and you know figure out what's going on, what's gone wrong, and see if we can you know bring them back into into good oral health. Claire, we hear horror stories about the NHS. Tell us where we stand with the NHS. One minute we hear we're getting more dentists, then we're hearing somebody can't have a dentist, and there are people in this country in areas that can't get to a dentist. Where do we stand with the NHS? Well, it just depends on where you are in the area. So dentistry across the board, we do have issues with with, with dentists, and we we can't get hold of them. It's really, really difficult. So uh, before 
Brexit, you know, we had a lot of European dentists and, and since then we were sort of struggling to recruit. Um, but I know my sort of my background with NHS, we have an NHS practice in Garston, Liverpool called Garston Dental Practice. It's been in the, in the community for over 70 years and we accept new patients. Uh, we see new patients, we see at least three new patients every day. Um, so there is access there. It's just sort of being aware of how to access them and um, and sort of, you know, understanding the system of, of, of where to go to if you can't access an NHS dentist. Are we losing dentists who are going private because they're disillusioned with the NHS? I'm not sure whether there's a, there's a, a big sort of attraction to the private sector because um, of the new sort of techniques that are available a lot of a lot of dentists want to do sort of the cosmetic element with tooth whitening and with composite bonding and veneers and uh, and that's sort of drawing you know a, a proportion of our dentists away from the NHS services uh, but we still equally have a lot of dentists who enjoy working for the NHS and myself I worked there in the NHS clinic on Friday and it was uh, it was a lovely experience with very grateful patients. Now you mentioned whitening and dentists are know exactly what they're doing, but there's a lot of charlatans out there. Let's get this out of the way now, because I know speaking to several dentists, they're getting very angry at what's going on with these people setting up practices that don't know what they're doing. We do have an issue with um, you know, non-registered um, people uh, providing tooth whitening, which is obviously it's the practice of dentistry and, um, and it should only be done within a dental setting and with, with, with a dentist uh, provider. Yeah. Um, I'm talking to Claire uh, at the Dental Cafe. We're going to find out all about the Dental Cafe shortly. What made you want to be a dentist? First of all, you're an incredibly attractive woman. The idea of going into people's mouths with all these gadgets around me. Why did you want to be a dentist? Well, thanks very much for the compliment, Peter. <laughs> I loved science and... Um, I've always been very practical and I've always wanted to do, you know, had always wanted to do something with my hands. And my, um, I think my mum had suggested, why don't you think about doing dentistry at the time when I was about 14? And I went along to my local dentist and had a ball and I, and I really enjoyed it and couldn't wait to sort of have a go myself. And, and that's where the, the, um, the passion for dentistry came. Now you say you couldn't wait. What is it about dentistry that turns you on i just love all the different types of materials and um even the simple things like sort of mixing alginate it's this i love mixing alginate if i ever have a chance to to have a go at mixing it myself which doesn't happen very often because my lovely nurse maria doesn't doesn't let me anywhere near it but i love playing with materials and textures and you know um and the artistic form of dentistry which is you know which is it's, it's lovely to be able to, to, to enable a patient to, to feel more confident about themselves. Um, I've got to ask you, what is that you were talking about that you want the to mix? Yeah, the, what is it's, it? it's like the most basic of, of um, materials. It's what we use to take impressions of teeth. Um, so say, for example, you're having some tooth whitening done. We would mix up a batch of alginate. It's like a powder. Uh, and we mix it with water. And, and it's a bit like baking a cake, I suppose, but it goes in the mouth. Uh, but it's... There's something about it that's so satisfying to sort of mix together and dentists generally don't mix it themselves because the nurse takes over and does it. But when we were students, then we would we would mix it for ourselves. 
And, uh, and now if I ever get a chance to, to get over to Alginate Bowl, I'll be first there and I'll be making a mess, mixing it up. But I love it. It's brilliant. Right. You said we're short of dentists. If there's somebody listening now who wants to be a dentist, tell us how hard the course is and don't hold back on this. Is it a long course? Is it a difficult course to become a dentist? Well, it's a, it's a five-year course. So I did my um, undergraduate training at Liverpool University. And um, it, the hardest part was actually getting on the course. So, you know, the entry requirements are really high. So, you know, I think the entry requirements at the moment are, are in the region of like three A's, but it's, the system's changed since I did it. So I'm not 100% sure. I think it's all numbers now, isn't it? I think it's like nines they need to get. So they, you know, you, they really need to, do need to be in sort of the top 1% of the population academic wise to sort of get onto the course and there's a lot of competition for spaces and there's only so many spaces and there's only so many people that we can actually train because you know it's um the facilities are only big enough to to take on uh, enough students you know at, the, at that given time so you know it is it is tough to get on the course but when i got on the course um i absolutely loved it i had I five years five years of your life five years well i did life. a degree before i did dentistry oh. so before i did dentistry i did engineering so i uh, <laughs> did my first degree in engineering and that's because i didn't get the a-level grades so i i actually um didn't get the a-level grades required to get onto dental school so you're an engineer of teeth well, I, I, my engineering was biomaterial science with engineering, and, and I did a year's worth of um, work in a lab, um, actually researching composites, which is what I do now. So I did before I even did study dentistry, I, I did a year's worth in a lab where I was sort of working on composite materials, testing the different materials and did the hardness. But I did that because I really wanted to do dentistry. And when I didn't quite get the A-level grades required, I didn't let that, you know, it didn't, that didn't put me off. I just mm. thought, well, how am I going to get on the course in a different way? And, um, and at the time, there was a space on this degree at Liverpool University. And they, the um, course director, I think he must have sort of gone through the list of, at the time of um, students who had just missed out in, in dentistry. And he called me up. And it's not something I'd looked at before. But he said, Claire, if you, if you do this course and you manage to get a 2-1 in it, we'll keep your place open once you're finished. So that's what I did and uh, took another three years, did the engineering degree and then went on to dentistry. Now I've got a friend who makes wedding dresses and they've got problems in this country with wedding dresses because people are going to China and getting the wedding dresses cheaper and whatever. The reason I mention that is because she is making so much money putting the wedding dresses right We'll go back to dentistry now. I hear some horror stories about, let's use the word, turkey teeth. They, it, it is a problem, isn't it? Because they're going abroad and a lot of people, it is not working and they're not realising what they're doing. It's cheaper over there, but they're not realising, or oh, am I wrong? Well, I think you get good and bad dentistry in, in any country that you're in. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're having great dentistry because you're in the UK. It doesn't necessarily mean you're having, you know, poor dentistry because you're in a different country. Um, but, you know, you, wherever you go for dentistry, you need to you need to sort of be well informed of, um, you know, of the treatment options. And um, and obviously, if you have a problem and if you're in if you're with your dentist who's local to you, then you can nip in, can't you, and get to your continuing care. Whereas if you're, um, you know, far, far away, then it's it's difficult if you do have problems accessing that treatment plan. And 
and the guarantees that it comes with. So, you know, we, we, we do have, we do see patients who, 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 who have, you know, come into issues with that, but, um, you know, it's, it is a minefield of sort of... Uh, so if you have a treatment abroad, you know, you've got to go back abroad to get it fixed. You, you can't because you're in terrible pain. You've got to come here and you've got to pick up the pieces if it goes wrong. Well, yeah, because the, the issue is if you sort of... If you come in here, we, we'll see you, obviously, and treat you and get you out of pain, but you're going to have to pay again. So, you know, that's where, um, where the guarantees come in with treatment. If you've had a course of treatment done... Um, then your your guarantee is with that dentist where you know wherever they are, and that, if that means going back on your, on your flight somewhere else, then you know that that might be the case. But um, you know it's it's um, wherever you go, you you know you must must do your research and uh, about about the, the practice, the clinician, and also the treatment options, and make sure you're well well informed and look through all different. Uh, objectives. I'm talking to Claire from the uh, Dental Cafe, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But I must ask you, people are living longer, aren't they? Is this causing more problems for dentists? Patients are obviously living longer. And, uh, and we're, as a, as a profession, needing to sort of adapt ourselves to the ageing dentition and, uh, you know, figure out ways of, of um, patients keeping their teeth longer and longer. And, and that's fantastic. But um, we're, we're obviously having to sort of try and make sure that they stay dentally fit. How does it work? Let's go to the nursing homes. A lot of people in nursing homes, are they being looked after, being helped? Um, well, there, there are provisions for um, care, the domiciliary contracts where they go out into, into the community. But, you know, the most important thing is, is prevention and it's trying to, to make sure patients are dentally fit before they get to that stage so that they're looked after they they know sort of what to do with their teeth they can get themselves as as in as strong a position as possible you know there, there are things for example you know we'll often prescribe durafac toothpaste which is an extra strong fluoride toothpaste to sort of help you know prevent decay so there's there are things that we can do to sort of help the aging dentition um it's it's obviously just making sure that we get that message across to patients now you mentioned then about prevention let's talk again let's never forget that you've got to look after your children's teeth haven't you absolutely you've really got to think about their diet oh absolutely because if you can you know if you can educate children when they're young and they never have any fillings then you know they've got lovely you know strong teeth that hopefully will you know will continue like that into their adulthood uh, but once you've sort of you know got a little hole in a tooth and, you, and the tooth is weakened then that tooth's often on a path um, and uh, and if we can sort of get in there early and, and stop those fillings being placed in the first place then there's more chance that, that the child's going to keep their teeth um, you know for the rest of their lives. So I suppose in the stone age days they must have had unbelievable teeth because they didn't have any of these problems did they? Of, of sugar and whatever depends on what they were eating so sugar it's not necessarily you know they may have had issues if they were sort of only accessing fruit you know if they oh, were right. eating a lot of fruit sort yeah. of continuously so i think it's not necessarily processed sugar that causes issues with decay so you know anything that has sugar even naturally occurring sugars can cause dental decay so i'm sure there would have been you know issues at the time and obviously you know back in the day they wouldn't have been sort of um they wouldn't have had the availability of Durafat fluoride or you know, fluoride toothpastes that we have now. And so, you know, it's, um, I'm sure there will have been issues. There have with been decay. problems. Oh, teeth, teeth, teeth. So 
I met you recently and I was delighted. We just just hit it off. You've got an NHS practice in Garston, you've got the Dental Cafe in Garston, and you've opened in Liverpool, in the centre of Liverpool, by Boodle and Dunthorns, and that's where we met. It's buzzing in there. It's fantastic. Explain why you opened the Dental Cafe. What, the original one? Yeah. Um, I wanted to provide... Um, cosmetic dentistry in a safe environment with prevention being at its core so the reason why it's a cafe is because the waiting room is set up in an informal manner so that patients hopefully you know patients who may have been anxious about coming to the dentist who may have put off having a treatment uh, or a consultation in the past can come in and, and they can feel you know almost at home in in the in the setup and a little bit more relaxed and um, a bit more in control of their, their treatment options and that's where that's where the, the dental cafe came from now one thing i learned from you uh, which is important and you've made it crystal clear is looking after your teeth and going to a hygienist yeah absolutely so you know it's uh, it's really important that we we work on the preventative elements so um you know frequent um you know examinations um and and treatment where appropriate just to sort of um, pick up things before they they get to um, you know a bigger sort of uh, problem really is that sometimes we will see patients who haven't been to the dentist for many many years and often when we do see them their issues aren't sort of easy to, to fix so you know, if we can see you more frequently hopefully we can interject them with the with the prevention side of things you know the dietary advice and oral hygiene instruction so that we can sort of slow things down a little bit and uh, and give give patients a, a chance to um, to keep their teeth nice and healthy. Claire, is there any expense in the NHS when people go to your Garston practice? Do they have to pay anything or does the NHS cover it all? It just depends on the patient. So right. some patients will be exempt from charges and others won't be. So if you're an exempt, if you're exempt from charges, then you won't pay. And if you... Um, you know, and if you aren't exempt, then you, you will pay a, a, a charge towards the treat towards your treatment cost. Right, simple as that. So the dental cafe, it's inviting, it's interesting, it's fun. Your staff are lovely. You've got some great, great staff because they're just nice people. What can be done there? What I mean, I had my teeth cleaned. You've just given me a filling, but what can be done in the dental cafes? We do all general treatments, so we do fillings, we do um, tooth whitening, cleaning, um, we do crowns, bridges, veneers, implants, um, we do Invisalign, we, we do, you know, all the different options, um, you know, and, uh, and it, you know, and that you would expect in a general dentist. Now, tell me about crowns, because it sounds pretty yuck that you have to bore into uh, the gum, but apparently it's it's not painful, is it? As in, it's not a alien thing. Do you mean implants? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, well, implants are being placed more and more commonly now, and um, we ensure that you're adequately anaesthetised with local anaesthetics so that you don't feel, you know, discomfort during the procedure. But, yeah, absolutely, you know, we're, we're placing more and more of them um, as, as the time goes by. I had the most dreadful experience with a dentist when I was 12 years old. And times have changed. I remember him kneeling on me, pulling a tooth out the back and sending me home on the bus, pouring with blood. It was awful. And I had a fear of dentists. Now dentistry is amazing. Have you seen huge changes? Uh, well, 
yeah, I'm, I, I, um, I've, I've only been, a, I've been a dentist now for how many years? I can't remember. I qualified in 2007. Is that right? Does that make, what year are we in now? 23. 23. So that's, is that 16 years? Stop, I'm interviewing you. I can't do songs as well. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, I think my sort of generation of dentists have only really known this way. Um, but obviously, if you sort of go back sort of, you know, many, many decades ago, then yeah, dentistry has changed. It is evolving. It's always evolving. There are always new sort of methods and materials um, that are coming out. But, you know, we're, we're certainly sort of more geared towards prevention and communication and sort of making sure that patients are informed and that they, you know, they're, they're um, educated about their options and that they're in control. Tell me, for anyone listening to this podcast with the lovely Claire from the Dental Cafe, is there or are there any methods for people who have got terrible fears, phobias about dentistry? How do we get over that? Yeah, I mean, there's, there, there are techniques that we can use when you get into the practice. So, you know, there are methods we can use, show, tell and do. And uh, I think that's one of the, 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 the most common used um, techniques where we we explain we show them what we're going to do we explain and then we actually you know follow through with the procedure but that's all well and good if you come into the surgery but you know it's trying to get the patients in that's the that's often the problem and we, I have had patients in the past where they've sat outside and they've not wanted to come in and you know and we've had to sort of go and sort of you know have a little chat with them on the step and you know it, it is it is it is tough I suppose educate yourself um, you know do your research look at things on you know uh, you know as much as you can online so that you've got a, a, an idea of what what happens in dentistry um uh, but the most important thing is just to sort of remember that nothing will be done without your consent so you know come in and you know even if you just come in and have a chat with the receptionist it's it's the first step and and often that's enough then for patients to sort of feel a little bit happier about actually booking that appointment so just come in don't be don't be shy so to speak come in we're used to it you know we, we, we aren't very well liked that's that's just the nature of dentistry um and it's you know it's about them sort of coming in and, and just just taking the time just to get familiar with the environment and that might just be sitting in the waiting room in the, you know and having a little a little drink um whilst they get you know they might we'll often give them a little bottle of water and they'll just sit there and just get used to the environment and then you know if they if they can build upon that then great and and if we can give them a take-home message of you know of oral hygiene then fantastic but um you know if, if the next time they come in they progress on to treatment then, then brilliant it's incredible you say that because i've got to say congratulations on the way you've actually put the dental cafes together because they are a friendly lovely environment and if you just go in and sit and have a coffee it, it's i mean i can remember i'll never forget the dentist chair when I was a kid, and now I have no problem, touch wood, no problem going to the dentist because I am so proud of keeping my teeth and I want to keep my teeth at my age. So congratulations on the Dental Cafe because that's the first step, as you just yeah. said. Claire, dentistry's changed so much. My mum, bless her, had three sets of teeth because they never looked after teeth years ago and it really upset me because she never had a decent meal after that. It was terrible. Dentistry's come on amazingly, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, 
many generations ago, patients would have all of their teeth taken out for their, for example, their 21st birthday. Yeah. And in the, similarly in the way that patients have veneers now, you know, they would have all of their teeth taken out and, uh, and a set of false teeth fitted. You know, it's, um, yeah. it's incredible really to see how we've moved on from that and, uh, and what we can provide you know, with, with their own teeth and, and actually keeping hold of them and making them look you know, healthier and stronger without actually resorting to having them taken out. Young people seem to be, girls in particular, well, no, no, boys and girls are very conscious of their teeth these days, aren't they? And they are starting to look after them. Are they looking after them properly or is there a way? Because I come from the generation where you use the toothbrush up and down, up and down. Hence, I have very high gums, which is wrong. What is the correct way to clean and look after your teeth? Well, we, the most important thing is is um, is to make sure you're using a, a, an adequate technique. So we would we recommend what's called the, the modified bass technique, and it's it's a soft, uh, it's a circular motion uh, rather than scrubbing backwards and forwards. Uh, but it's it's um, you know it's a, it's about being thorough with your cleaning. You know, incidentally cleaning. Um, we we often recommend electric toothbrushes because you know the the newer generations of tooth, electric toothbrushes are really good at cleaning the teeth without actually over brushing and and causing issues with as you said recession and and wear. Um, but yeah, there's um, you know things have massively you know improved over the years. So we've got the dental cafes, one in Garston, one in Liverpool. Um, People should just go and have a visit, shouldn't they? Because they're good fun. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I think it's um, they should they should come in and just see what we're all about and ask the question. You know, what 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 do we do here and uh, and and see see what they think for themselves. I'm going to finish off now, but I've got to say it again because it's so important. Parents must start looking after their children's teeth. It is essential, isn't it? Because the problems later on in life. Let's talk through that again because it is so essential. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, it's it's really important that we, you know, just not just the parents, but anyone that has that connection with children, whether it be teachers or nursery teachers, um, healthcare workers, that we are getting that message across to the children about them, you know, brushing their teeth every morning, every night, uh, about using a fluoride toothpaste, and um, and about keeping the the frequency of sugar in their diets as as low as possible. To finish off, Claire, what would you say to anybody out there who's thinking of becoming a dentist and just on the cusp? I would just try and get some um, some work experience if, if you can. If you can, if you can go and shadow somebody, then fantastic. Even just a phone call to a dentist often is, is enough to sort of, you know, answer some questions and, and get you sort of, um, get you the information that you, you need to, to sort of progress forward into into that into that pathway into that career pathway now your assistant's been with you a long time what's she called she's a, a, a dental assistant she's what, what? a dental nurse a dental nurse why doesn't a dental nurse become a dentist i've always wanted to know this well sometimes they do yeah so the um there was um there are dental nurses that go on to do either therapy or dentistry uh, but it just depends on the course that they've done. So, you know, often dental nurses will start with dental nursing, qualify, and then they'll go back and retrain. So, you know, if they uh, meet the requirements um, for access into the dental course, they'll often go on uh, and, uh, be, and make very good dentists because they've got all those 
years of wealth of experience behind them before they before they commit to doing dentistry. Claire, you're a lovely lady. Thank you for talking to me. Claire owns the Dental Cafe in Garston and also in Liverpool. I hope you've all learned from this. Look after your teeth. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Why not subscribe? You know it's free. So join us and tell your friends. It's great going on walks and doing whatever you want to do and then putting P-Price on. We've got a back catalogue of over 100 interviews. Join us. Subscribe, it's free.